Welcome to another episode of Boss Mama's Mindset. I'm your host, Laura Katanen, CEO and founder of Zello Studio, business and mindset coaching for boss mamas in order to ignite your passions, expand your mind, and elevate your business and life. The goal of this podcast is to get real on topics that make us a little uncomfortable so we can get smarter and more aligned with what is in our minds and souls to have thriving businesses. We hope you enjoy today's episode and please don't forget, leave us a rating and a comment so that we can know exactly what you loved and resonated with the most. Hello, Boss Mamas. Welcome back to another episode of Boss Mamas Mindset. Today we are getting real and we are talking all about love. I'm so excited about today's guest. (laughs) She is a love and relationship coach, supporting men in becoming trustable kings, getting the love they want, working with both singles and couples. She loves dancing in the kitchen. I know because I've been there. And she's a mama to two amazing boys. Welcome, Ozzy Osborne. Nice to have you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I am so excited. So I'm going to dive right into this and I'm going to ask the question I know that is on a lot of women's minds right now, especially us busy boss mamas. Let's be real, ladies. Okay. We are hustling, working, trying to juggle our careers and our passions around motherhood. And all on top of that, we've got to find time for love. (laughs) And often we find ourselves frustrated and we're getting disappointed and we're feeling that our needs are not being met. So Ozzy, what is really going on? These modern women, why are their needs not being met in their relationships and with love? Shed some light on this for us. That's such a juicy topic. I hear more often than not um, how women are so frustrated at men in general today, how they're not committed, they're flaky, they're not, they're not dependable, they're not trustable. And trust is a word that comes up a lot. And when I mention it to men, oftentimes um, I'll get a lot of resistance because they want to be trusted. They want to be trustable. They just don't know how. So the... Feminine ends up being angry. The reason why the anger comes up and frustration comes up for the divine, beautiful feminine, uh, the modern woman today who's very busy in her business, in her career, with her kids. She's being pulled in a thousand different directions. So there's a lot of frustration there. Uh, Also, most likely she didn't really grieve the transition in her life from be, from being a single woman to being a married woman to now being a mother. Um, there's not been enough time to adjust to while women are very adaptable, there's not been enough time to grieve the loss of the part of us that that was free, that was able to not be so weighed down by the world. And so the frustration comes with this really innate and deep, deep subconscious need and desire to be cherished, to be taken care of. And what we're noticing is the masculine is sort of, I don't want to say stunted because I don't believe in in keeping men down, right? But the, the masculine is nowhere near where the feminine is today. 
feminine, the, fe the, 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 the divine feminine today is so ahead of the game, so far from the masculine that what we're experiencing today is an awakening of force for the whole world and it's shaking things up. And so the masculine men today, the, the reason why we're so frustrated with them is, is they are not feeling sturdy themselves. They're not feeling like they can trust themselves because they've either been vilified. So they've either become aggressive because they're angry as well. They don't know how to show up. Their purpose is not defined because the feminine has gone so far ahead and is so independent that they just don't know what their purpose is in the, in the relationship. And so it's, it's causing a lot of friction. The, the feminine is now needing to, to drop into her masculine and take over and, and give direction and, and be the leader in, in the dynamic between the masculine and the feminine and the masculine just doesn't know how to show up. But you know what's coming up for me right now as you're saying this? I don't know if you've watched the Netflix series, Emily in Paris. Oh, yes. Okay, so is it that we are still wanting that man that picks us up on the white horse or are, because I love the dichotomy in that movie between like, you know, this American girl, she pops into Paris where everything is more of a, of a, realist situation where it's okay to have lovers on the side and movies have bad endings or real endings as they would say and and still yet this depiction of this american girl who is looking for the one and the american dream so what does it mean to be cherished like is this is this something different than the white horse and the whole fairy tale ending what do you think well i think for Ever, as long as I can remember, we've always romanticized the idea of being swept away and, and ridden off into the sunset. And so it, it becomes this ideal that's almost unachievable. I think that the, the very simple idea of being cherished, cherished is, is, do you know how you get into a fight with your, with your husband sometimes and you just feel like you're, you're just literally going crazy because you're repeating the, th the same thing over and over again? So the cherished part is, is your masculine, your partner really holding space for you without needing to fix anything, without needing to change anything, but just really allowing you in your divine feminine to flow in your emotions to cherish you, meaning to really take care of you emotionally. That's what, that's what we innately desire. And, and not necessarily the romanticized idea of, of it looking so perfect or being so perfect. And, and I love that you brought up uh, Emily in Paris because um, there's definitely, as I was watching it, and I also follow this wonderful woman who's an author and who I'm obsessed with, who lives in Paris, she's an expat. And so she lives in Paris and blogs about her, her life in Paris. And there's a part of me that tugs at me that goes, I wish I can have that. Everything she shows from the food to the, to the experiences that she has is so romanticized and sort of like activates this part of you that's like, oh my God, wouldn't it be so lovely to have someone to be with, to be in this beautiful romantic city. But then at the end of the day, what, like, what, what is it that's really basic? right? Like that our basic need is to be, to belong, to be loved. And the romanticize is just sort of um, the icing on the cake, of course. You mentioned something that I think is so important to touch on because 
this idea of being, you know, you said for them, for, for us being cherished is to be taken care of emotionally. And often I think the biggest challenge, I know my husband and I, we have struggled with this for a while. We're getting better and better. We talk about it openly. Um, but it's that he doesn't go deep enough, you know, and for men, they just want to solve things. And when they have a problem, they solve it on their own. They don't want to talk about it like women do, right? We want to get it off our chest and we want somebody to just ask us and keep asking us until it's gone. You don't have to solve it for us. You don't have to have some magic formula. It's just like, you're there, you're listening. And then at the end you tell us, well, that makes sense. And then we're like, oh, thank you. And it's like, we're able to like, ex you know, explore and blossom and be ourselves again, right? So how do you, you know, does this come up a lot in your sessions, in your work? And I see you nodding. So I'm like, great, I'm on the right track. And so what advice would you share? Like when we have this sort of necessity, this need to, um, you know, from the, for the other man to take care of us emotionally, for the man to take care of us emotionally, how do we talk to him about it so that he starts to understand what his role is? Such a great question. I think it's very important to note that the, that men, men also have an innate desire to be respected. And so their, their, their purpose is extremely crucial to their masculinity. When men are, when men are really aligned with their purpose, they shine. That's when they're most attractive to us. And so it's important to know that a man needs a task. He needs something to be in purpose of. And I think I mentioned it to, to before, and anytime I mention to any, anyone, I call it the pickle jar experiment. That as women, we have to understand that we, we, we can, with a man who's done a lot of work, come to him and just be like, Wah! right? Like with all our emotions, we walk around with a big basket of emotions and we have to unpack it in order to feel free. And so all day long, we put things in the basket, our kids, the house is a mess. The kids are driving us crazy. I have to do this. Oh my God. And I have to do this and my business. And then we take care of so much. And we then take that whole big basket. When our, when our partners come home, we, we literally just drop it in their lap. And then it's as if this, you know, huge storm has just passed and they don't know what to do with it. Now we have to understand that their nervous system is designed differently than our nervous system. We have been accustomed to handling and dealing with our emotions. We operate from our emotions. They're human beings too. They have emotions too. They've just never been given permission to be able to express or be in touch with their emotions. And so their nervous system shuts down the minute that, that all this flood of emotion comes at them. So my husband always says, my ears are ringing. I, I don't know if I can take in anymore. <laughs> Notice your partner next time you just throw up on them, all these emotions and you'll just be like, yep, you it's like a deer in headlights. <laughs> Lights, or you'll see it's almost like when you yell at our, at your kid and then they have that look on their face like oh my god I'm in trouble right and so that's exactly what's going on for them so we have to understand that there is there's a there's a process that we have to and you've just spoke spoken about it Imago dialogue is an incredible process that really supports couples and partners partners um, in being able to guide each other in knowing what to do next 
our innate want to, to help people is, is if it's not directed, if there's no structure to it, structure is the masculine, then, then it's, it's just kind of, it's going to go everywhere and anywhere. And then, and then you're, you're going to end up kind of going, what the heck just happened? And so it's important that you first ask permission to have a conversation. Is this a good time? Is this a good time? Something came up for me today. And is this a good time? Um, also having strategies and setting up systems for yourself, knowing when you're going to have a conversation. For example, if your husband knows him, when he comes home, he gets handed the babies or he gets handed things and he's not ready for it, then, then it's important that you both agree on, does he need five minutes? Does he need 10 minutes before he starts to integrate into the family and be able to be open to be part of the family? Because if he's in his purpose and he's coming home from work and his, and his mind is still operating from work, it won't work in the family dynamic. So it's important that we invite him, I use this word and, and a lot, invite him to have a conversation with you and be able to, if you, if you want this conversation to go well, right? Um, if you're tired of, of having all these emotions and frustration and you're just kind of throwing up on, uh, on them and they're just kind of going, I don't know what to do with that. Wh what do I do with that? What do you, what, what? And, then, and then we get even angrier because we're like, well, why can't you read our minds? Why can't you just know? You've been with me for how long and you still don't know what I need? They, it's not that they don't know. It's just what happens in their nervous system is they shut down. Their nervous system cannot handle. It's a, it's a burden on them. My mentor calls it a burden. Big emotions are a burden for the masculine's body. So we have to know how to bring it to them in a way that's going to land for them. And then they can, they know how to adjust into, okay, my feminine needs me right now. I need to be the container for her. And I just need to sit and listen to her, but I need five minutes. Uh, you know, and I, I, I love everything you're saying. And I, and I, the invite invitation, I love the Imago dialogue. It was a game changer for my husband and I, um, and now we've evolved to the next level of discussion, which is we can actually talk about the masculine and the feminine energy, but it wasn't always the case. And so if you're listening right now and you're like, my husband won't even you know, be open to the idea of having a different type of conversation or this masculine and feminine stuff. How do you, you know, you work with men. So how you, you first have to understand at what level they're at, where are they at? Right. How do you slowly introduce it to them? Like, is there advice you could give to the women listening? Like, let's say they recognize all of these things you're saying, yes, I do that. I do that. And then don't feel guilty, ladies. We all do it. But now, okay, what can I do? Um, what does Ozzy say I should do? What's the first step to get my husband to be open or to see if he's open? What do I do? So the first thing is to understand, uh, understanding is everything, right? Clarity is everything. You have to understand what is what is your intention in the in the relationship and what is your your partner's intention in the relationship. First and foremost, that is your foundation. What is your is your intention or your your um, vision for the relationship to to create more time together? Is it more time with the family? Is it what what is it? And what what are what are your desires? What are some things that you need from him? 
and then and then vice versa what does he need from you right so first it's just having a normal conversation with your partner and just kind of going look i've noticed that we've been together for a long time and things are feeling like we're kind of stagnant like they're not really going anywhere and i really would love to to talk to you about like where we're going next right it's a very simple simple conversation most men of course would be most and not all but most men would be open to at least having that and once as you long as you're prefacing it with we don't have to talk about it right now because you might be interrupting a movie but inviting yeah. like you said let's i want you to know i want this conversation i desire to have this conversation at the time which we both feel we can have this dialogue right like because it is going to be a little bit of a longer conversation hundred percent. And yes, the invitation is always important. Always make sure because you want them to be present with you. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than having a conversation with someone and you see their eyes glaze over or they're on their phone or they're not, you really want their presence to be part of the dialogue. And so it's important to have an invitation. Is this a good time? And if not, when is a good time and give them right? Like give them a little slack and, and give them give them the permission to say no and be okay with it. The problem is that too many times because the feminine is so up and down, up and down, the masculine doesn't trust that he can, that he's going to be safe. I want to be very clear about that. In working with so many men, the thing that I hear over and over and over again, and they don't use the word safe because considered a weak word and it's not in their vernacular but I do introduce that word to them once they've done some work with me but they will say that they're they, what comes up for them is I don't know what to do when she's like that I don't know what to do I feel like I'm in trouble oh I, I'm not enough what about I'm never good enough I don't feel good enough I'm never good enough is such a very it's such a, a loud story for them and then the feminine's complaint is I'm not loved enough I don't feel loved. And the man is like, I'm not enough, right? So they, they really identify with, with failure as I am not enough. And, and the feminine identifies with, with failure or something not working that they're not loved. So it's important that you understand one another and you don't have to use my vernacular. You don't have to talk about feminine and masculine. You can just talk about what's going on for you. When you start to develop self-awareness for yourself, and when you start to understand who you are and what your needs are, you have to be able to communicate with your partner exactly what your needs are so that he understands what direction he's going in. If he doesn't understand what direction he's going in, he's going to go for, he's going to go for so many different things he's, and, and then he's going to most likely fail and then never try again. Because most likely when he fails, and how many times has that happened to you, Laura? Like, is it, like your husband screwed up. Like he didn't do the right thing, right? I'm putting that in, in air quotes, um, <laughs> do the right thing. And then, and then, then he was met with the fury of the, of the, of the frustrated feminine. Right. And nobody wants to be in, in the middle of that. It's like, ah, totally. We have come a long way, but I can tell you that first of all, we both have had the willingness and the openness to go down the journey and have these diapositives types of dialogues, but it was not always the case. Ladies, I signed up for a weekend retreat at the Esalen Institute for a Get the Love You Want workshop by Dr. Harville and Helen Hendricks without even asking my husband. Would I recommend that? Well, it worked out for us, but I don't know. I mean, 
listen, you got to do what you know is right for your relationship. But what I can say is he's always told me since that he is so glad we went to that workshop and he's so glad that he was, that it opened his eyes to some of his own childhood, you know, moments, which have led to him believing certain things and feeling a certain way or getting triggered a certain way. And we, we both show up with those things in the relationship, right? So, you know, but being able to be open and to go down that path is super important. And I think where it will really challenge couples is when you are making big decisions in life. I mean, my husband and I have moved internationally twice. Um, we've had lots of things. We've gone through a miscarriage together. There's been lots of things, you know, and I, I feel it's so important for us to have this conversation and to find people like Ozzy to support us with the conversation because we are breaking generational patterns and supporting our children to see what a healthy relationship could look like and be like, and, 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 and all of that. And I know that's what really prompted your journey down this path, Ozzy. So share a little bit with my audience, you know, what, what it means to have two boys and why it's so important for you as a mom. Yeah. You know, for me, 10 years ago, I was faced with, with that, you know, a big, huge decision in, in our lives where, where it wasn't my decision, but my 14 year marriage came to an end very abruptly. And, and it changed everything for me, it changed the way I looked at how I raised my kids. It changed the way that I found what was important to me. It changed the way I was look. I looked at myself and understood myself. And so I, really, I really sort of unpacked everything that I thought I was and realized that I brought my old self, my old programming of who I thought I was as a child, right? The, the, my protectiveness, my coping mechanisms. Um, I brought that into my relationship and I saw the world from those lenses. I operated in that relationship with anger and frustration and and I was not in a healthy relationship, but I ignored it time and time and time again until it blew up in my face. And when it did, thank goodness it did because it literally changed the course of my life. It was almost like the universe was like, you're meant for so much more than this. You are meant for really coming into who you truly are. And, and you're also meant to have these boys and have them almost full time and show up for them. And it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of groundedness and it still does. It still rocks me. And, and I parent a little differently. A lot of people laugh at the way that I parent because I am, I am, I, I call it the velvet, velvet hammer. I, I am tough with them, right? I, I believe in tough love because I, as a woman, as a single woman, I have to be both mom and dad 80% of the time with them. And so it's, 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 it's when I had to learn how to do that dance between being the, the masculine, um, when I create structure for them, cause that, that creates safety for them. They need direction as boys turn, you know, becoming young men. I realized that my purpose and my, and my place in, in, in the family was that, but I could also be soft and I could also be loving. And I could also, I could also be the, 
all of the that's beautiful about the feminine and show them emotions so that they understand that mom can be angry and still love you. And I think that's, that's sort of created this trajectory for me to really, and, and for me, it started with my dad. When I saw my dad really being abused by my mom, my mom was extremely angry and a sad woman. And I witnessed her, I, I witnessed her really bring down my dad so much that I realized that I had so much compassion. I felt so sorry for him that I cared more about what was going on for him than I cared about what was going on for myself. And it began my journey of really seeing men around me not being cared for, not being loved, not being, not being, not being honored or respected. And it became sort of my mission. And then of course, now that I'm with, you know, teenage boys, I, I really want them to be in a world where they feel safe and trustable to be who they truly are. That, that they know that they have emotions, they can control their emotions and they can also share their emotions safely. And most importantly, attract, attract partners that support who they are. So the biggest message, women listening, is the work that we do with ourselves uh, prompts the work that we do with our relationships and our partners, which has a huge ripple effect to our children and generations to come. And I think if you are at all having a moment in your relationship where you re you're reflecting on any of what Ozzy has said. Am, am I being, you know, uh, am I emotionally downloading and how is it going? And what am I, what do I really want? How, how can I have a conversation with my partner so that I can role model to my children and help support the ability for men and women to both have emotion that's what Ozzy is saying. We both have emotion. We both should be able to express it. And it shouldn't be faux pas for either of us. We shouldn't have to suppress our feelings. Yeah. And you, you mentioned a good point earlier in our conversation, which is that when one partner, it's also two things that I want to sort of insert there. One is we have to evaluate and assess our own expectation in relationships. What are we expecting from relationships? What is our idea of what a relationship is? And really break it down. And that's something that you could simply just journal on even today and just really ask yourself, what is my expectation of a relationship? What is my definition of a relationship? And are are my expectations or my needs met in my current relationship? And really break it down for yourself so that you see what the state of the relationship is. The other thing I wanna mention that I think is really important to insert is the idea that the man always have to carry everything for us. We have to understand how much of a burden it is for them. And when I say burden, I don't mean that, that we always have to be the ones bringing the emotion. No, absolutely not. I mean, their physical body cannot handle a flood of emotions, the big emotions, when they're not ready for it. So 
it's important to understand that when your man is down, let's say that his, his work is getting to him or he doesn't feel good enough or he's having a down moment, we have to allow them to be able to express themselves in their way. Most, most men will shut down and will need isolation. And if that's what your man needs, you have to know how to respect that. You have to respect their process and know that it's not gonna look the same as yours. They're not gonna have those floods of emotions like you do, unless they've now dipped into their feminine, unless they've now felt completely emasculated and they are completely out of tune with who they are as a man in the, in the relationship. And they, they go into that unhealthy part of themselves and they, they'll bring all these emotions to you, which forces you as a woman to now take over, to now have to handle what's going on and you need to make, and, and most women can't handle that. We don't like to be in our in masculine. As much as we wanna be powerful and independent, we don't like it. Our bodies, doesn't, our bodies don't respond well to it and we don't like it. Yes, we like structure. Yes, we like, yes, we like things, but, but for us to step into that in the relationship doesn't feel very trustable and doesn't feel very safe for us. So it's important, again, to understand your role, but at a time when your man needs support or needs your love, sometimes it will require you to step into the masculine and be that structure and create, create safety, safety for him. And that's okay. And There's polarity. I love that so much. And ladies, if you're listening and that sounds really hard, because instinctively you think, oh, I have to do one more thing that Ozzy just said that. I invite you to look at it from actually the perspective of what you're gaining by doing that. And also the freedom that it gives you to drop into your feminine as a result of it in a more healthy way. So what I'm meaning is, when you have to step into that masculine role to be able to allow the space for your husband to process the way that he is, by doing that, he will slowly show up for you more and more in, in the sense that you want, the needs are going to be met for you, where then you're allowed to drop more into your feminine and then it becomes sort of a, a healthier dance, right? So it's, it's one way to practice because it's taken me a while and Ozzy has been such a dear friend for you know a really long time and and I value so much her expertise and wisdom she's been there for me during a lot of frustrating moments but what I can say is that I practice I practice in moments where it's not going to it's not going to be a big heated debate I, I just simply allow myself to practice where is the flow needed now what does my husband need now what do I need now how and if you just practice and without any expectations or harsh judgment on yourself, you slowly start to realize what works for you. What is that masculine or feminine uh, part of me that is working for me? Because I think, Ozzy, it's different for everyone a little bit, no? Yeah, I mean, well, yes. Um, I think the roles of the masculine and the feminine are the same. The same but I mean, how it shows up or how it shows up. Yeah. It, it, again, it depends on, on your background, depends on your past. And I think what's important to note is, is 
two things. I love that you practice because it it's, look, it's not natural for us to do what we're talking about right now. It is not, it goes against who we're conditioned to be, right? Um, so it's, it's going to feel foreign. It's going to feel strange to have conversations with your husband that are very, going to sound very robotic. When I practiced it with my partner um, at first, it was, there was a lot of resistance and he's like, oh, we have to have this conversation again. And I, and I just would just smile at him and, and, and just say, yeah, we actually do. Because guess what? It makes me feel really good to share with you how my day went. And I love hearing how your day went. So I'm we're, we're always going to bed with, with an empty mind and knowing that there's peace in our hearts and that we're in partnership. And it's such a key word. We have to remember that in relationships, we are partners. We each have a role and we cannot be in partnership if we feel that, that, that our partner needs to, needs to be the everything for our happiness and love and vice versa. It's so important to understand that we're interdependent, that we can function together and that every little tip that happens is there for a reason. And it's important for us to not just dismiss it and understand it's momentary. It's just momentary. My men, one of my mentors said one time that feelings and emotions are like farts. They come and go. They come and go. So our emotions, most, I would say 90% of our big emotions are nothing. They're nothing. They're just things we've made up in our minds that are not true and are just literally minutia. And so to really hang on to them as, as a need for someone to feel something for us is, is a setup for a setup for an argument, a setup for failure, a setup for so many things that just don't work in relationships. We have to remember that partnership is everything. Partners, right? We're partners. It's a team. It's a team effort. Yep. I definitely, definitely agree. I think it's such a beautiful way to end this uh, amazing and beautiful discussion um, about love and what it takes to have a partnership. And so what is one last tip you would give to all the boss mamas listening about having love and getting the relationships that they want? Well, I have two. One, have fun, be playful. And two, self-love. Mm. Self-love. And I know it's people say it in nauseam and you're just like, oh, okay, enough already with self-love. But I can't speak to the difference it makes when you show up for yourself first and foremost, when you make you the priority and you recognize the value that you bring to all your relationships, you're going to be rewarded in your relationships. Taking care of ourselves is crucial. It's our lifeline. And if we don't take care of self, we're going to suffer because we're going to expect everyone else to take care of us. And they just won't know how no one can do it as good as you or I for ourselves. Beautiful. That's exactly why I created ZLO daily, the 30 day dose of mindset and wellness for boss mamas, because I truly believe the biggest thing getting in our way right now with all that's going on in the world and just the collective, you know, 
worries and, and stress, the most important thing for us is to get back to ourself and our truth and to really connect with ourselves more often so that we can get those downloads of how we can change within ourselves, transform within ourselves and transform our relationships. And then ultimately um, the world, impact the world. And it's so important because what we do and how we work on ourselves will have continue to have a trickle down effect to our children and their children and so forth. So, and, and, and just one last thing, of course, we, one of the things that we constantly are seeking is safety. Our brains are designed to keep us from harm, keep us from dying. So it's always trying to predict what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next to remember that in every area of your life, you're constantly looking for a ground that's not moving. And so grounding yourself in that relationship, again, the, the, the relationship with self is so important, especially today when the world is so unpredictable, when the world is so, um, it, it's so wavery and so, so wobbly and there's so much friction in the air and there's so much chaos in the air and we're in the state of unknown and fear. And so it's so easy to, become, become, you know, in that vibration of fear and allow it to take over. And that's why we're seeing so many more people on medic on medication, on, you know, with anxiety and depression, because our bodies can't handle all this unknown chaos that we don't know what to do with. And so when you have a practice, a daily practice, and again, that's why I love that you created what you did. It's just a reminder that when we take care of ourselves as a practice, as a non-negotiable every single day, we can create our own safety and our own trustability so that we can walk into the world and know the world can collapse right now and I'm still going to be okay. Absolutely. I love you so much, Ozzy. Thank yeah. you for being a guest on Boss Mama's Mindset. And to everyone listening, all of Ozzy's information, how you can reach out, how you can follow her will be listed in the show notes. I highly encourage you to become friends on social and to get to know Ozzy. She's always sharing so much wisdom and so much value. And I'm just incredibly honored and grateful to know you and be friends with you. And um, so I hope you appreciated today's conversation about love and relationships. And let us know, leave us a comment and a rating and tell us what resonated with you or what you're struggling with. And I'm sure Ozzy would love to, to reach out. So thank you so much, Ozzy. Thank you. Thank you to everyone listening. I'm sending you love, light, and imagination. Until the next episode, talk to you soon.